Thanks for tuning in, everybody. On this episode, we're going to be talking about tracking. Keith and I just went up to New York. It was the second time that I've been up there attempting to track down a buck. And one of the things that I like about going up there is I get to meet up with other hunters that have more experience in this area and get to sit down, have a whole bunch of conversations with them in general. And on this podcast, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. I've made other trips to New York. My friend John Lewis, who worked at Midwest Whitetail with us back before we started THP, lives up there. And through him, I've met Jake, Corey, Bailey, Adam, and Brad. In this podcast, we're going to just be discussing some of the things that we learned, telling some stories, and just covering a lot of different topics within the strategy of tracking in the snow. I think it's a lot of fun to learn about tracking. I'm super excited to get more experience doing it, but unfortunately, it just feels like I never quite get enough time to do it. So probably going to have to set my priorities a little bit differently next year. That way, I make sure I have enough time to commit to it when the weather's right. With gun season going on right now, I've been thinking about my scope a lot. I've been using the Viper HS 2.5 to 10 by 44 scope for the last two or three seasons now. And it's honestly the best scope that I've ever had. If I want to pull up on something quick inside of 40 yards, that 2.5 power, which is what I keep it on at all times, is perfect for that. But if I have a little bit more time, I can still zoom in. Also, while we were up there tracking in New York, John was showing me his new scope, which is a Vortex Crossfire 2 1 to 4 by 24 scope. That thing's sweet as well for close shots, stuff like tracking, deer drives, or just still hunting through the timber. Either that Viper HS or the Crossfire 2 are both awesome options if you're looking for a scope for a close range gun like that. So if you're doing any shopping for the holiday season and you want to save a little bit of money when you're buying some optics, you can use the code THP10 on eurooptic.com, which will help you save 10% on all Vortex optics. Also, another good gift for the holidays would be some of the Vortex wear, which you can find on their website. They got a bunch of different stuff for all kinds of different applications. And if you want to save, you can use the code THP20 on their website to help save some additional money on Vortex wear. I wanted to remind you guys that we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media's censorship. Go Wild is a free social community where not only are you not censored, you're encouraged by Go Wild to share your trophies, share gear reviews, and invite friends. By doing that, they give you points, and those points unlock awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. All you got to do is visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. And while you're on Go Wild, they also have a store where they have tons of products for outdoor activities like hunting, fishing, hiking, camping. So if you have any interest in saving some money while you're buying stuff off the Go Wild store, you can use the code THP to save yourself 10% on all orders as well. All right, guys, let's jump to our New York deer camp to talk tracking. I think we're starting off with why you didn't hunt today. Yeah, we should, yeah. should we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's I good. Good day since nothing else crazy happened yeah. besides us tracking a doe for four hours. <laughs> but and a spike. <laughs> yeah, well, it all started off when we finally got done editing. And Keith and I are super gung-ho about going hunting. We've been in New York for how long now? Three days. Three or four days, maybe. You got here Monday, and it's oh, Thursday, yeah. so... Yeah, been a lot of yeah. days sitting at the computer. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's tough when you kind of start to wrap your head. It kind of makes sense, too, why yeah. maybe a couple guys were gung-ho, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, today's the day we got the tags. We're ready to rock. Like Snow's coming down. Guys got tags. They're ready to hunt. They got no more work to do. Let's hunt. And, yeah, the snow's pouring. Like, it felt like it was pouring rain, but it was snow. That's how hard it was coming down. And it's funny too because after this story or like after what happens next in the story we're like what were we even planning on doing hunting wise because like we can't really take our camera out there and not just fry the thing with water so anyway we're just gung-ho and we take off this morning and um make it about i don't know a mile down the road and mm. not oh, even yeah. it was eight tenths yeah total <laughs> and we're kind of still just getting the camera stuff keith's kind of grabbing stuff i remember you moving around a lot and i'd take off up the road that we were planning on going up and it's pretty much straight up and again it's snowing a lot and i remember keith saying 
is this one that we're even going to get up? And I was like, yeah, it seems like it's going fine, you know. But it, it's also a minimum maintenance road that's going into the middle of, you know, nothing but forest. And it's like, you know, just pretty much not thinking about it, just banking it up so I wasn't worried about it. And then <laughs> get to a point where I start thinking, yeah, that As is. As we were getting further and further up, it was like, we definitely don't want to do this in the dark. <laughs> that was the final straw. I was like, I think we should turn around because we don't want to go hunting all day and then come back down in the dark. And sure enough, we find a nice little spot to turn around, which is kind of crazy that we did, really. Yeah. Like Looking back. Looking back. And so glad we did turn around where we did. Well think <laughs> i don't actually know what the right answer is at this point because there's still not a solution to this story but we turn around and uh it's pretty much immediately like oh yeah that was that looks steeper down than it did on the way up <laughs> and started letting her go down the hill and right towards the rocks and trees <laughs> and we're sliding and it's just not good and I don't know, that first little, that's when I thought for sure that we were going to hit the rocks and trees. Like, I was pretty much at that point, like, oh, we're going to crunch something big. And we had luckily rolled the cameras, too. And it was funny because we were like, well, I think we said, what did I say? Like, at least let's get a, let's at least get an episode out of this or something. <laughs> and we just, l like, let loose and slide almost into the trees. Was in the ditch, got stuck put it back in drive, got it going again, and then kind of hit a little flat spot. And we were like, oh, like we definitely got to take it slower and like play it super, super safe, like inches at a time at this point. And we're just going slowly down. And as we're doing it, I realized that my phone is no longer in my pocket. And like your, I said- Your truck shifted and like started looking for a different Bluetooth. And you looked down <laughs> and you were just like, wait, Where's my phone? <laughs> <laughs> it dawned on me that when I got back in the truck, you know, it all it all clicked all at once because I saw that it was connecting to another different Bluetooth. And then I had this like flashback memory of seeing my phone charger on the wet floorboard by the pat pedals. And I remember thinking, like, that's not good. You don't want your cord, like we've been talking about, Keith, today. You don't want to get your cords all soaking wet in the snow and water. And it was laying in there, and I picked it up and didn't really think much of it. Well, then when I saw it connecting, I had that flashback of that cord on the ground. And I was like, my phone is not in the truck. Because I start feeling my pockets, and it's not there. So luckily, I have that tile thing. You know what that is? Mm -hmm. some, yep. some people oh, do yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like... You, I have a one on my keys, one on my wallet, and then they all, or they're all connected to my phone. So, like, if I click the tile on my keys, my phone rings. Mm -hmm. If I click the tile on my phone, my wallet or keys ring. Does that make sense? It's not responsible of me. It's responsible of the people that are around and support me, like my girlfriend who got it for me. Who knows? Do you have a tendency to like maybe lose your wallet, your keys, or your phone every now and then? Yeah. yeah. So I think the biggest thing was it wasn't necessarily responsible of me. It was mostly her tired of waiting around for me for you know, sometimes hours looking for my wallet that's stuck in the couch or, you know, in my truck or something stupid. So luckily we start hitting that and he went and found my phone right away. But as he's going to doing that, I'm still trying to inch down the road and all of a sudden everything just locks up and I just slide. Probably 30 yards is a safe bet of how far to where it's just a straight slide. and I'm going pretty fast, just slid straight into the ditch and it, was, it wasn't much of a ditch. It was almost like where the road curves. A lot of times there's that like outer right. bank where there's like a little pull-off. And that's where, that's where it's a current resting place is. <laughs> <laughs> and I basically had got to a point where I was like, I'm willing to leave this until the snow melts this spring because I'd rather not total the truck. I mean, honestly, it's like, sure. it's like, what if I just total this thing, just trying to get it, force it down here. So I ended up catching a ride from Rodney, who's just some guy that happened to see our tracks going up. He rips his side by side up there and he had chains and, you know, better tread and 
he managed to, you know, make me feel not, not terrible. He wasn't mean about it, but he definitely didn't make me like, he didn't let me off the hook. Like he definitely was like, yeah, like I agree you're an idiot kind of <laughs> mentality, but like, you know, it happens, whatever. And, uh, he gave me a ride back, met up with Corey and Adam and they went up and we attempted to put the, um, what those plastic those plastic tie ties thing. yeah and it seemed like honestly i was like oh i thought it might like, work we're yeah. all in like this is this is gonna work and as soon as we spun the tires it broke all of them oh <laughs> but they were like these busted. yeah i had a lot of faith in those things but i've yeah. seen some videos where they don't work and that's exactly what happened yeah <laughs> i would say uh i'd say maybe go the chain route yeah what's funny is my dad has been like telling me for so long man you need to get some chains you need to get some chains it's like yeah i know but like i'm lazy i'm not gonna go get them i'm not gonna remember that you know i feel like he always tells me well you know how it is too where it's like somebody tells you something like that and you're like uh yeah but now's not the time that i'm gonna do it and i'm also not gonna remember to do it does that make sense like absolutely and that's just always where it's been with that chain thing and well it's always like yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. we're probably fine. We just won't do anything stupid. And right. Then. Do you think you're going to get some chains? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually ordered it on the way to your house right now. <laughs> so, we got chains on, uh, yeah, on the way. But a little too late. So, actually, tomorrow then, Howard, who he seems like he's partying based off my conversation with him <laughs> a little bit ago. He seems like he's been in the drinks a little bit, but... He's uh he says he's coming up there in the morning and he's got confidence that we can get it out. So hopefully we can officially hunt in New York after what feels like a lifetime of being up here and not hunting. <laughs> but luckily there's enough season and there's some there's options that we can go and you know bounce around and hunt some different stuff and I mean if we got to go to a different state we can too, but it I guess the part that's tough too is we got the conditions to where like i'd really like to be going into the woods tomorrow early in the morning but we're i mean we're just gonna have to you know stay positive and get out there when we can but you know the conditions are pretty unique to me i guess in general and i think that you know as far as the style of hunting that we're doing it is a good thing you know, you guys all that have more experience that, you know, live in these areas and do this more often seem pretty pumped about it. So talk about, like, what everybody's feeling, I guess, for tomorrow as far as conditions and, like, I don't know, what, what what's going to make tomorrow so good? I'm feeling like me and Jake probably shouldn't walk 12 miles today <laughs> in, in the, the conditions blizzard. that we had. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what, what about today was unique and challenging because today i mean if you can go hunting and right. you're wanting to hunt well i mean you know. it was one of those things where like going into it we basically knew that we were gonna have to get right on one's butt or bump them you know right off the bat and if we did that then the odds were pretty good because we just had really heavy winds and fresh snow so like you knew everything was super fresh but um but it was going to be hard I think they the were. things that jumped out to me, it was like hard to distinguish what type of track. And yeah, and I think the deer were just kind of hunkered down. Yeah, they weren't moving. So like we were basically, well, we had like, for ex- example, like when we walked in and cut that really old track where it could have very well been any type of animal. Yeah. Like it was so filled in. But we were just like, well, it's had like, we didn't even know which direction it was going, but in our minds, it made sense for it to be going up. Mm-hmm. So we're like, let's just head up. That's where we want to go. And we walked a hundred yards. And in our minds, we're like, well, it's been nasty. It's been blowing real nasty snow. So like that deer could have just, if it was a deer, could have <laughs> just bedded down and like hunkered down. And that was a hundred percent true. We walked a hundred, hundred yards up and bump, got bumped it out of the bed and then almost had a shot, you know, within what, 20 minutes yeah. of cutting that old track. So within 20 minutes, we had a deer 40 yards. Yeah. Didn't work out. It was a, either a small buck or a doe. We didn't really end up getting eyes on it. It wasn't, but it wasn't 150 inch. Yeah. And I mean, I'm it. not trying to shoot anything. <laughs> like that, but, um, but then we spent the next four and a half hours until we found 
another track. Just, it just, was just yeah, yeah, hiking. But well, when right. it's snowing that hard, if you find it, it's going to be like, you're yeah, excited you're, about you're it. You're right, you're right it on it. Yeah. You're on the tail. Yeah, but it's not like one of those one of those days where you can be like picking your track. Yeah. Like we were just hoping to, like our mentality was, let's go to where we would think that a buck may be just bedded and hopefully we bump them and like get on them right away because it was so windy and nasty that they in our minds they didn't really want to do much mm-hmm. um whereas tomorrow if you can get a track that was laid down at 3 p.m today that um, hasn't been snowed on it's a whole different game in terms well of even from when we went to dinner to coming back all the tracks like we when we walked out tonight and there was no tracks like crossing the trail we walked in, no tracks on the road going out. It kind of like confirmed our thought process of like, okay, deer probably just didn't move. Well, yeah. Which I wouldn't move. I, yeah. We were the only things moving today. <laughs> I thought it was cool how you guys freshened that track up so quick. It was so quick. Like it's so quick. snowed in and then you come to a bed. I can barely now follow the track's fresh. It Yeah, like we couldn't even follow it. Yeah. It was hard to follow. Yeah, we were just following it in Den in the snow. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, you do that, and that could have been a the deer you wanted to shoot. Right. You know, it just yeah. I, I'm curious, like when you have those less than ideal conditions, what is everybody's go to? Because I feel like, you know, we could sit here and talk all day about, you know, having that perfect condition, like, calm, you know, like pretty soft snow, but to where you can be quiet and it's you know really easy to read the track and how fresh it is. But like, what about those days where it's not that? Because, like, in the grand scheme of, you know, the last however many days we've been here, while we haven't been hunting, we've been looking at the forecast, and it's like, tomorrow's the day that it's going to probably be the one of the better ones or the best. But what about those other days? Like, what about a day like today? What what would everybody's preferred method be with, with you know, our semi-limited experience? I mean, here, we're sitting here talking about this, and it's not like, it ain't like we're, we are how blood that's been doing it for years and years and years and years. No. We're not that. So, you know, w- w- what's everybody's go-to? I guess I'd be kind of interested in that as much as anything. Obviously, John's was like, just take whatever you can find and go with it. Is there anything else that comes to mind on a day like today? Anything, like you were talking about earlier, anything with betting potential. That yeah. you Like if you envision it in your mind, like, okay, it would make sense at a bucks here this time of year in this terrain, go to that spot. Maybe that's where they are. Maybe that's where you pick up the fresh track, and it gives you a starting point of nothing else. Even if you can't decipher what that track is, it's not a whole lot different than what they did. Yeah. You know, they just cut a track much sooner than maybe some of us did. Like Bailey and I, <clears throat> excuse me, when we hunted today, we really had to put some miles on before we found it. And we were going to those potential betting spots. We are going to all the points and the drainages and checking those kind of areas. And eventually we did find tracks. It was just deciphering whether or not that was a deer we wanted to follow. And, you know, was that the right spot and it ended up not being that case but i think tomorrow like you said the conditions are going to be much better and hopefully we can sort that out i don't think you're going to be able to distinguish necessarily what specifically that deer is other than maybe seeing like you had said earlier the stagger what's the stagger look like on that deer what's the stride look like is it alone what are the circumstances um i mean what do you think about that i think the reason that tomorrow looks so good is because First of all, we needed a reset of snow really bad in New York mm-hmm. because we had snow come in and it stayed down for about a week and a half in areas that kept its snow. And that snow just continually went through a freeze and thaw process. And um, on top of that, so you go from crun- you're hunting on crunchy snow, which really stinks. I mean, it's huntable, but it stinks. But you also have days upon days of layered tracks building up. Yeah. And it becomes nearly impossible because of the large time frame to make an observation or a come up in your mind what you think the age of that track is so tomorrow with a fresh snow okay so we only we already know that this track at best is only a day old um, so that deer is likely catchable and on top of that the, it's going to go, start going through that freeze thaw again and this snow is going to slowly deteriorate and it's going to make for tougher and tougher tracking so that's why tomorrow is so important because if there was a day to kill one it's tomorrow and then every day after that it's going to probably get tougher yeah just a little bit harder just yeah. a little bit harder every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's actually, I mean, Brad, when Brad killed his buck the other day, it was on less than ideal conditions. Yeah, it was on basically. snow Snow that was turning into the to bare leaves. It was melting to that point. But we are actually in a in a funny spot now where we have so much snow that uh, you, can't, you almost can't even tell what yeah. the critter is. You might not be able to tell what direction it's going because anything over probably five inches is getting to be too much snow yeah. at that point. It's really tough to make out a print. 
uh, an optimal track would be in about two to three inches of snow. Yeah. That's soft and packy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw it when we got out of the truck. I mean, look yeah. at the track on the road, and then don't yeah. look at the track oh, totally. in the snow. Right. You know, it's all caved in. You well, it's like a, we call them track catchers a lot when we're turkey hunting, especially. You think of a track catcher. Mm-hmm. When you're walking down a logging road or something, you hit that puddle. Check that track catcher. Yeah. It's like, see if there's any Tom tracks that's in exactly that. Exactly what it thing. is. Yeah. yeah. That's so a it's great, like, yeah. same thing with like a road or like a, you know, any good flat. Uh, su- surface where something. that yeah like something you got something you got just a really nice base to just work with sure. logging roads would probably be decent here too i mean still dealing with that same amount of snow but at least you've got more of like a level layer yeah like a bed is going to be really important tomorrow because if you don't know the size of the track in the track itself because there's so much snow he's going to pack his bed down then he's going to step in it when he stands yeah. up now you're going to get a good that's look a at good his that's a track catcher yeah. that's yeah. it you're going to get a yeah. good look at yes. that's a great analogy that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. another thing that i was thinking that i'm excited to see and I think it's what we were talking about when I texted you, uh, Bailey, and said that that's beautiful. Is that uh, picture yeah. you had where the buck puts his mm. head down to feed? You're going to see, 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 see that, that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And your, your rifle's about the right size because it's about the length of our pumps because it's short like a carbine. Mm-hmm. If, if the bed's about the size of your rifle, I'm willing to bet it's probably a doe. If the bed's a lot bigger than your size rifle, you're probably talking about a buck now. Yeah, now, definitely. If, if I can lay in it, Comfortably, it's a magnum. <laughs> <laughs> it's a moose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that those little subtle things are super interesting. Well, okay, so what one thing I need reminded of? I remember Brett talking about the P, mm-hmm. the dribbling. What is the what is that theory again? How's that work? Because I can't remember. The dribbling is more leaning towards buck or yes. how does that dribbling work? in theory is supposed to be a buck like you know if he's walking along his track you know his things swing in and he's just kind of leaking all over the place versus a doe she tends to squat and pee she tends to spray a little bit and then he tends to shoot a straight hole just like we yes his dudes yeah yes. yeah Yep. Interesting, mm-hmm. but it can vary though. I could see it varying too. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say specifically. Because I've never like, seen a buck dribble personally. I've no. never seen the dribbling in the snow. But see, I've, I've seen certainly a bunch seen of that. Yeah. I have down. too. I've You've seen, seen a, a bunch of dribbling. I, I can't ever tell personally between a buck and a doe right. when I see the urine. But I can but smell a buck's bed. Oh yeah. I cannot yeah. absolutely smell a buck's bed before I even get to it. I know I'm coming up to a bed because you can start to smell it. Yeah, that's what I was. I mean, I grab a snow cone. Anytime I see Peter, in <laughs> John, nobody doubts that. Sniffing <laughs> lick. So, uh, one quick thing I wanted to add to before we get too far past it and it becomes lost is the uh, conditions, the tough conditions. Like today, we had the tough condition of wind for from a tracking standpoint, but from somebody who likes like just going super aggressive through the woods like that's like a free yeah. pass like i love bow hunting and super windy days like that especially when you don't know an area because mm-hmm. it's like what are the odds that you're even going to spook anything and when there's so much snow moving around it's like they can't see you know it's like think about how much you can't see and that gets amplified for them right that everything's moving around so like what i was excited about today was and again just so gung-ho it's like man it's windy and this is gonna be fun because we're gonna be able to go 100 miles an hour and have zero care of how much noise we're making and i enjoy that just because i like covering ground ground and you know obviously you know another thing too truly I do enjoy, especially hunting with a gun, especially when you've got snow and your objective is tracking. Like, what would be better than bumping one that you're like, ooh, I definitely want to shoot that buck. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could get eyes on him. Now, that's easier said than done, but it's like, boom, you bump him and you see him run down through a big bowl or something. And you're like, dude, like, we just go right to where we last saw him, pick up that track and just stay on it. Sure. Instant confirmation. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean... That. Well, if you bump them and you see them running, you better be working that bolt. <laughs> Setting up. No, working the bolt. <laughs> <laughs> boom. 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 Todd, we be, we be shooting. <laughs> but, I mean. I, I think this deeper snow is going to drive a lot of the does to feed tomorrow, too. And it's going to slow the bucks down. We didn't see yeah. any feeding. Like yeah, we, I think we we'll followed that deer tomorrow. for two miles and... 
still up in the air whether it's a doe or not. <laughs> not once slowed down. Yeah, I, th- I think by tomorrow see, though we'll we'll see it because yeah. they're gonna it's gonna that kick in. That sounds like a buck to me. Yeah, to me I know. Okay, sounds like a buck to me. Everything sounds like a buck except for like especially with the size the of the bed. bed you the bed was about. big. There. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I you didn't like, smell him though. That's what's the, got the you pee, caught up. The pee never smelled. He had there's no. I mean, no hawk stains. No hawk stains. Absolutely nothing. And like we would go through and be like, ah, oh, it's a doe, ah, oh, it's a buck. But like, we kept saying it's acting like sure. a, it just hasn't given us yeah. that thing that's it like, hey, like I'm it a never, buck. It never, yeah. well, I guess it's getting blown in. It never gave you time, Mark. Yeah, it was no. getting blown never, in. And it sure. never fed. Yeah. It never stuck its nose down. It never did anything. And it went through yeah. some spots where it's like pretty tight. Like so, so I, yeah, I wanna I wanna touch on that real quick, John, because because I had a lesson learned with that too. So with my buck, when I first picked his track up, actually, he, hold up. Sure. Is this, are you going to the start of the story? Because I'd love to hear the whole thing. I've been waiting to ask you all day. <laughs> or all evening. Yeah. I want to hear the whole thing. I want to tell, start, start to finish and then incorporate your lesson when applicable. But yeah. I'd like to hear the whole story, really. I, I sure will. Well, so, so we're this, talking. Hey, this is success story number one. <laughs> It'll also be the last Maybe success story. The only one. <laughs> I hope not. I hope everybody gets on here tomorrow, man. I really do. Yeah, hopefully everybody tags out on great deer tomorrow, but one, odds are low. One bear. Yeah. Got one running around camp, so. <laughs> <laughs> we got a camp there lined up. A decent eight-pointer. <laughs> this is oh, this is week and a half old snow that, that, I'm, that I was hunting on. And, and uh, this is what, six days ago? Uh, this would have been Sunday, the, the 27th, so less five, than that. Four, yeah, yeah five sure, days, four five. or five days ago. And uh, the beauty of snow is you can hunt wherever you want as long as there's snow there. I've never been to this this uh, chunk of woods before. And uh, so I took a hiking trail up. Nobody was parked in the parking lot, so I'm like, beautiful. I'm going to have this all to myself. So I, I took a hiking trail that was supposed to go up about a mile up the mountain, and it was going to hit a pond, and it was the only hiking trail right there. So I took the, the hiking trail up, and I get to the top. Uh, Quick question. Sorry, yeah. I'm going to cut you off you and ask you these questions because these are just things it I am genuinely, so, yeah. genuinely curious about. Was there something in particular about this spot that you were like, yeah, this over this one? Or, you know, was it terrain? Was it vegetation? What, what was it looking like? Or was it just like, what the hell, I'm going in here? I think what I liked about it was I told these guys at the time, I don't remember what changed my mind because I was headed to this area, and uh-huh. I stopped about 45 minutes short back uh, east of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when I looked out through the mountains, the mountains right off the road were short enough that I could see the mountains in the back, and I said, I like that because now I have a little bit of this going on. Yeah. I don't like when I look at a mountain right off the road and it's just as steep as yeah. can be. I'm not interested in hunting that. I want a lot of different topography, okay. and that's what I could see just by looking at it. And then I saw the pond. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm all about it now. Yeah. So I go up the hiking trail, and I'm about a mile up, and it's supposed to start dropping back down to this pond. And I can't see the pond, but I can see it on my map. Mm-hmm. And here's a beautiful buck track coming right across the trail. And I know that it's fresher, one of the fresher tracks I've come on, because it's a crusty snow, and the crust is broken. Mm-hmm. And it's still real sharp. It's not, it's not melted out. It's not deteriorating yet. So beautiful. It's a nice big track. It's the size of my hand. Beautiful dew claws in it, long toes. Uh, so I took a video quick on my phone, and I, I take the track for about two or 300 yards. And here's another buck track cutting, cutting right across it. And this one's even fresher yet. And we call it sugar snow because we had a buddy that called it this not too long ago. We're like, that is exactly what it is. Yeah. So the snow is so, is so uh, crystallized. crystallized. Right, it's yeah. grainy. It's like grabbing sand It's almost sugar. like a shaved ice that you would get it like it's exactly what it is so i can you can hardly see a buck's print in that kind of snow but i can make it out just enough that it looks to me to be the it's definitely the same size overall track as the one i'm on i can't tell you how long the toes are nothing but it looks to be about the same size you weren't getting engaged on the nails toenails no toenails (laughs) no toenails sorry it's all good so i i I think to myself at the time i say this is the same buck Uh and he's done a loop Yep. And now I have them fresher here. Yep. So, and so, you, so you just go with that gut instinct. You say, I'm going to cut it this And tracking's way. all about decisions, yeah, man. Like if sick. I had ta- stayed on the track I was on, I could have potentially already been two hours behind this buck as he continues his loop. Mm-hmm. So I take the fresher track, and he, Johnny takes me right down into a beaver swamp. And I'm in spruces that are about Christmas tree height, and they're super tall. And I'm, I'm ducking and occasionally getting down on one knee to duck my head underneath it. It's so, mm-hmm. it's so thick. 
Um, and I later shoot this buck, and you know he's 130 inches, so he had 130 inches gross. This is your lesson. This is your lesson of rack yeah. going through this these spruces. He yeah. was not breaking any branches off. Um, he was not plowing his way through. There was no indication. Oh. And I even told Corey <laughs> at that point in time, I was concerned I was on a big footed spike horn. Yeah. He just. I never would have pictured a 130-inch deer yeah. moving through country like that. So, so here's a little side note of of uh, something that I've picked up on from one video, which we I know we've referenced it in the tracking podcast we've done in the past. But that one How Blood video, just because it was on the Brutus. we had it on the TV, yeah, the Brutus video. He's talking about how the buck went through the trees, and there's two trees that are pretty narrow, mm-hmm. and he shoots the buck, and it's probably like a good bit wider than those trees yeah. but also like to the, this point of mm-hmm. sure. them making it through it's like you watch a big buck like chasing a doe in the rut going through the real thick oh, yeah, stuff right. and you see them just like tilt their head back and sure. they just know exactly where that i mean you want to see that amplified look at an elk going through the same similar type of timbers we, we got Absolutely. here and you're just like taking that right. huge rack and just sure. moving it all over this is over really stupid but have you guys seen that like viral video of that deer going underneath that gate yeah yeah that's the same cool. thing like, that's exactly that. rack underneath that yeah. and gets it up the other yeah. side and comes they're out very aware like of the that. size of their antlers mm-hmm. even yeah. though they've never even seen what they look like you know <laughs> well, i like to think about it <laughs> 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 He sheds his velvet too. and he's like, damn, damn. <laughs> I did pretty good, good this year. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he goes through these, these spruce. And at this point, too, are you getting, okay, first off, it, it's thickening up. You're having to crouch to go under stuff. How far have you gone and what is your demeanor and pace at this point are you still like i gotta go also what time of day is it at that point yep, so roughly I, so i pick his track up at 8 30 a.m um 8 30 a.m which is beautiful <laughs> which is beautiful because i got all day on him now yeah. and my immediate thought is i even say in the video i'm gonna start moving right along in this track if i bump him i've got all day yeah like let's con- especially like with that. that snow so old like i just want to catch up with this buck i know they're still chasing does let's catch up with him bump him and now i got him fresh so that's one thing that I think super fun about uh, tracking and something I can really get behind is sure. like bumping him is like absolutely not the end of the world. It's no, actually no, it's like not. a really good thing. Yeah, like in my sure opinion, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get myself in a position where I can just go, 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 go yeah. and try to bump him. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, definitely. But definitely. anyway. Of course, that can go a hundred different ways, but you hope that it at least has some sort of positive benefit. To like it. at least it allows you to know a timing of where you're at in relation Absolutely. to him versus like, was this last night in the middle of the night or is this, or two days ago in some situations right. probably, or is right. this right now? Well, now that I've just bumped him, I know it's right now. Sure. But anyway, 830 was, when you was cut he, the track. Was he just like, cruising by himself what, what was he yeah, he like was all by himself yeah. and he had a beautiful stride so we i'm sure some of you have heard it i know john you've definitely probably heard the two booter mm-hmm. on the stride yeah so he was a two booter perfectly if i stuck my heel my left foot in his first track i could stick the toe of my next foot in his next track so he had a beautiful stride going on the stagger was okay it was nothing fancy but is that like in this region specific, too, like I feel like a stagger is not like. I don't think there's a Keith looks confused. Deal. Keith looks confused. I just want to hear more about the stagger. Look at Bailey's hat. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so if you think about like a woman on a runway when they're in their heels, they're just like hitting their feet right in front of each other. So that's kind of how a doe should walk, because she doesn't have a very big chest. A buck with a bigger chest, like think like, yeah, like think like a big yeah. dude, like a gorilla, like boom, boom, There's boom, like stick right. And the, well, they're yeah, they're separated. Yeah. So our Adirondack bucks don't get that, but you can, you know, bet that a 240-pound main buck, his big, wide chest, he's really, he right. almost looks like two different deer walking next to each yeah. other. But yeah. they do it enough to the point where when you're yeah, following you a tell. track, you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah. this thing. So he, he had a beautiful stride on him, though. It's like, we, I followed enough tracks in the last three years to know that a lot of times, even on a nice, nice printed buck track, he might not have a very good stride, and of course that's affected by so many different things. But sure. to have him have a nice big track, nice long toes with that big two booter stride, I knew I was on a good buck, or so I thought till I get into the thick stuff. But now <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. boy, am I on a spike? And what time is that now? That's only 
20 minutes later. Oh, I go really? like 200 yards on his track. Here's an, a fresher buck track sure. coming across. I take that, and he takes me two or 300 yards down into this thick stuff, which immediately you just get an eye for the woods. And I do think to myself, too, I like the looks of this. This is certainly buck habitat. He's acting like a buck. He's being sneaky like a buck. Does don't act like that for the most part. They just kind of walk where they want. But he's picking his way through the thick stuff, and he's going down to this beaver meadow. So I'm just moving right along on the track. Um, at one point I heard some blue jays. I thought maybe he was up ahead of me, but I said, I'm just going to keep going. If I come to a running track, there's, there's me having him fresh. Yeah. So I take him for a mile and a half total. And uh, I get into a, a uh, he's starting to go into a different mountain. He wants to take me off the backside and I'm losing snow like crazy. It's really spotty between about an inch of snow and just wet leaves. And I'm working his track out, working his track out. I just keep having to do circles to try and pick him up. And he was hard up for a doe. Every time we came in, in that mile and a half, you know, distance, every time we came into a runway of deer or a doe's track, he had to follow it for about 100 yards at a time. And then he breaks off and he does his own thing. And every time I'm like, oh, God, there, there he is again. Yeah. It wasn't his the size of his track I could follow. It was the freshness of it. Yeah. If I thought for a second it wasn't him, I'd just feel it. It was soft, and it was it felt like grainy, you know, sugar snow, and yeah. I knew it was him still. So uh, I'm sorting him out, sorting him out in these these leaves and in, in this snow that I'm losing, and I'm getting really frustrated, and I'm thinking I'm going to lose him, and I see a track that appears to be his amongst all these other tracks, and it keeps going off the mountain. I said, I'm just going to take it. It looks like him. <laughs> I maybe went 100 yards, and it's it's definitely the same track, so I'm feeling good about it again. And I'm going off the back side of the mountain, and I, I thought I could hear a deer walking all of a sudden, so I stopped. Mm-hmm. And I grunt. And immediately I can hear the deers walking at me. So, ah, so yeah. Ah, <laughs> I know. And then I've had success with that before, so I grunt again. Me too. And the deer is no doubt. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. The deer is definitely walking at me. I mean, he's coming at me, so I'm like, this is going to be him. <laughs> so here comes the deer up the side of the mountain, and it, it's walking like it's a buck. And uh, it walks right up to a branch, and he lifts his head because he's gonna like he's gonna hit a licking branch, and I just see antlers come up. But I don't know how big they are. I just see antlers, <laughs> and I, I said to these guys, I said, more than enough. <laughs> it's, been long, it's been a long season. Yes. You try not to be picking the Adirondacks. Yeah. I saw he had a frame of antlers, so uh, flick the safety off. And I put it right on his chest as he's making a scrape. Boom! And I pile yeah, them right there. No. And when I I go running down the mountain, and uh, you know he's dead or in a doornail, but you know his chest is he's finishing up his yeah, chest kind yeah. of right. So I give him one point blank just to yeah. be be happy with it and right. uh, put him out. And uh, man, his antlers were way bigger. When I <laughs> he was a, he was a dandy. So he was yeah. gross 130 inches, and uh, he only weighed 144 pounds. He didn't have a lick That's of crazy, didn't have dude. a lick of fat on him. So it sounds like right to me, just by hearing some of these recent weights, it's like. It kind of seems to me that maybe these deer have a tendency just to be a little small. I mean, they can obviously be, can be big, but like this time of the year, it's like, they can definitely just be run down. Yeah, I mean, hanging them in my barn, he was probably all of eight feet. Yeah, long really. Deer. So yeah. super long yeah, deer. Super long yeah. deer, but I mean, he didn't, he didn't weigh much at all. Have That's him. Do you have that, any, like, do you think any of that no. this year in particular is correlation to there being absolutely no food in the woods absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah i definitely do but it doesn't he didn't seem to feed. change year in he, and year out yeah his his stride was the same the entire time he never really slowed down he never fed he never bed down never rubbed no scrape nice um, other than other than grunting at him i think he came in he's like he's like oh yeah you want to come grunt at me huh yeah that's and, I, cool. and i gotta tell you zach i don't even know as though i caught up to that buck like and came in behind him and grunted him you know turn him right around and come back to me I almost think when I checked his back track out a little bit after I shot him, I actually think he had so much time on me that he had gone down the mountain and I was catching him coming back up. Yeah. And I just happened to be two points connecting as yeah. how blood says I was right time, right place. Yeah. That's, I say timing all the time. A hundred percent. You can There's do very 99% percent, right. And then you have that 1% that your timing's off and it's just like, well, absolutely. That sucks. It's not going to work. I would imagine yeah. the one, like one confidence booster would be like you, you're following buck tracks and then you hit a spot, like you said, where you're in like a, I don't know, like a hub of sorts where there's like a bunch of deer and it, you're at least like in the zone where it's like the bu- buck has been through here deer in this area a lot and like if you're just tracking through that area on a somewhat yeah it got to the point track, though in the zone at least definitely at it, it just got to the point where we'd been losing so many buck tracks the days prior to that when they would come into other deer that mm-hmm. all i could keep thinking in my head every time i saw a runway coming up because they were so obvious at this point i'm like 
I am going to lose this track in this. Mm-hmm. It's so when you easy. Have a fresh, yeah, when you have one. That's yeah, and you would fresh. think that you could just follow the runway until you see a deer suddenly break off out of it, and you're going to check it to see if that's his fresh track. But you'd be surprised how many times bucks just seem to disappear. Mm-hmm. Or they and, run a track up and they come right back the same one to recheck. Okay, so the that's another really up. that's another really important thing is when you're tracking, do your very best to stay off of the track, mm-hmm. and it's very hard because you want to stay in it. But I can't tell you how many times this year alone i'm walking on his track and all of a sudden i see his toes facing back at me and i'm like well how long have i been stepping on this Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. where did i potentially miss him i mean have we been doing this for the last 600 yards Mm -hmm. you know you have to stay off the track so when you see that you can start backtracking it again even Mm -hmm. when you come into a hub of tracks try and step into all the places deer haven't been because when you're sorting that out next thing you know you you turn around and you've just made a darn mess in there yeah you can't see anything at that point well, especially this year has been such a big problem. I mean, because we have no mass crops or anything this year. So, like I was telling you guys earlier, like all the deer that we found have seemed to be in one localized area. Like, yeah. well, you'll hike for miles and miles and miles, and then, like, boom, all of a sudden there's all the deer right mm-hmm. there. And now you have to sort through all these tracks, especially if you're following yeah. a buck and he goes through that. Mm-hmm. So, it is pretty important. Because every buck that comes through those tracks, those doe tracks, is going to check it. So, next thing you know, you just have a mess of buck tracks yeah, mixed in with them. Man, I'm sitting here. Sorry, guys. I got to share a little thing. I'm sitting here looking at that picture. I'm like, why are the, why are his legs so dark? The back of it on his lower back legs. And I went through tons of pictures. I'm looking at videos of you guys dragging him while you guys are having this little side conversation mm-hmm. that I'm not paying any attention to because I'm trying to figure out why this deer's legs are so dark. Like I've never seen that before. It's the shadow on the rafters in the barn. <laughs> and I now realize. <laughs> so that's what I've been confused on here. The last there you go. Minutes. It's really funny. Yeah. Real dumb. Good job. I'm like, I, hey, I just had to sort it out. <laughs> just stayed off the track and I sorted it out. That's right, bro. <laughs> Keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. I don't really know where we were because I kind of got so sidetracked by that because I was about to be like, dude, this did you notice that? That's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't say anything about that. <laughs> All right. He had nice chocolate horns, which yeah, is definitely an Adirondack, kind of cool. like an Adirondack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something you like to see. A lot of yeah. deer just have white horns, but that was he no, was kind of the full full Adirondack package, so North, to speak. Northern deer kind yeah. of have that. It yeah, seems like. probably because of poor nutrition to an extent. I think. Or living I, yeah. in a certain I territory. Never heard, seeing the light of day. I've heard like <laughs> yeah. live in I've holes. Heard yeah. I've heard rubs. Yeah. But like, right. you know, some of the deer nutrition. we shoot in Ohio have dark antlers. Yeah. Like definitely a different thing than that Which deer. Which kind of points yeah. maybe more towards tree species composition. R- rubbing. I mean, yeah. yeah. Just being in timber. About just not. genetics in general. Sure. Could be yeah, genetics too. Totally, Could yeah. be genetics too though because it's like, you know, honestly... A timber deer that has darker antlers is way harder to see than sure. one that has white antlers. Right. I know you're. I know you love habitat too. Like uh-huh. that's, and I, we feel the same. And I just want to sidetrack real quick. Sure. I mean, when you're looking around, Keith, what do you see for for tree species up here? I mean, obviously we have a lot of spruce firs or anything that you were like, like, oh, look at that. I I mean, I knew before I came to from just what you had said in years prior. It's just like closed canopy beach and maple mm. for the most part where there's not oh, very the, much like so. evergreens and stuff which is just like that's what our hardwoods are is beach yeah maple. it's just like that's what i expected and it's what it was it's kind of, it's just like super stagnant huge just unbothered woods yeah. you haven't seen much of it yet no at least that was what was on the side of the road that was what was on the side of the road that zach drove up today <laughs> Yeah, wait, you haven't gotten to experience those enormous birch trees. They're kind of creepy. I don't know how. Oh, yeah. ancient, yeah. yeah, ancient birch trees. So, sure. Yep. yep. I don't know that I got to experience too many of those. Yeah. You're gonna look at it and go, "What is that thing?" Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, big, sometimes big the big. forest to me here is yeah, just kind of creepy in itself because it's like big rocks and icicles and. You know, it's so open, and it's they're all so big and straight, and it's just such a, a strange look. It's this eerie look. And I was I was saying, uh, Bailey shot a buck in um, what was that? No, early November or October? November twelfth. November twelfth. Yeah. So mid November, and there's no snow in the pictures, and I'm like, look how inviting that woods looks. But then when it's got the snow, it has this almost 
eerie. But yeah, not almost. For sure. it, for it me, is. for me, who doesn't like mm-hmm. really enjoy the we snow. We hit a all spot the time. today, and Jake and I just stopped and kind of looked at each other, and it was like obviously blowing like thirty miles an hour in a blizzard. <laughs> and we just looked at the side, and it was all rocks, and we just were like, "Are we in Lord of the Rings?" Like it was <laughs> like <laughs> it was like I kind of want to leave. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. It was funny. We were driving back and I'm from dinner tonight, and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't really like snow." And you're like, "Really?" And I'm like, "I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't really like it to be honest." But it's like I like being out of my comfort zone. That's that's the thing. It's like this isn't like it. I was telling Keith too. There's these certain adventures I like in hunting where things spook me a little bit. Like in Minnesota, it was kind of like the wolf thing or the moose thing, where it's like we might just like run head on with a moose or a wolf yeah and then here it's like you know these big rocky mountains with snow on them where like these don't compare to like where we elk hunt necessarily but we got snow on it and and, and then the eastern timber is just it's kind of unique and different it's a little scary in a weird way it's not to where i'm not doing it obviously but it it makes me have that moment of like like whoa yeah, yeah, we've talked about before, like when, especially when you get like miles back there, uh-huh. and like it's just dead, like ambient noise, like nothing going on. Yeah. It's like this is a little freaky, especially uh-huh. when you're by yourself. <laughs> yeah, cool. and it's the winter time makes it a whole new element because you're not hearing leaves blowing. Right. Yeah, it's just it's right. just oh. muted from the snow too. I wish you could see it up here though, like during during fall foliage in the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. Like you want to talk about like the most beautiful, beautiful like you know moose stepping through a beaver swamp yeah. picture you've ever seen. You can see that in real life. Yeah, in the Adirondacks, it really is. Yeah. It's Pretty a beautiful wild. setting. But I get this time of year, it's just like bare trees. I mean, and it's snow. intimidating. It is. It really is. It is. And but especially it's, it's such a unique setting that it's like it's the kind of the way you want to see it as well. It's yeah. Just like the yeah. The winter in the North Woods. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's exactly that's a great way. It's the yeah. winter in the North Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, when you're looking, and you're looking at that mountain, and you're, like, looking at your train map, and you're like, oh, oh, that's that one. <laughs> sure, sure. That looks sure. way bigger than it does on my map. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. And it's, like, the highest one, and, you know, you can see the tops of the other ones that are lower, but then on that highest one, it's, like, right. there's Lord of the Rings going on up there, too. Where it's, like, you know, there's, like, this snow oh, yeah. cloud, and you're, like, whoa. I remember <laughs> being, like, instantly thrown off by, like, the topo just like looking at the topo lines and like as we're going up the road this morning that we got stuck on it's just like man this is steeper than i was yeah when you look at it and you're like i want to get to there and then you pull out like the measure tool and you're like that's nine and a half miles <laughs> <laughs> right like, that's what we did today you, like we want to get to there and then it's like 2 30 and i pull it up and i'm like looking at jake i'm like we're still three miles from where we were even pointed towards. Yeah, sure. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... Well, yeah, I mean, add the snow on top of all that, and you're right. trying to that's trudge it. Like, See, and that's where, that's where it messes me up a little bit, because I use the um, you know, similarity or different... Referencing uh, elk hunting, it's like when it's dry... Now, the difference there is you have a pack, and a lot of times we're carrying camp and stuff, so the weight is something different, but when it's dry and sunny out and you know in more arid climate you know it's still mountains and it still has you know hit or miss weather but for the most part the colorado elk hunting i've done is much drier than the northeastern tracking that i've attempted it's like something about that in itself just the footing is so much easier when you're yeah elk hunting at least when well, you get out it is after... and it isn't i mean jake you've got experience yeah. with it it's like it is and it isn't because at the same time you throw a little water on those deadfall and it's like you're oh. falling way worse than anything you know it so it's like what's that it doesn't take much water no either. no yeah. and those pine trees boy mm-hmm. it's like never step on if you ever <laughs> go if you ever find yourself in downed pine trees never step on or you're going to be hurting right. <laughs> It's, it's like it's like if you've been on a boat for 12 hours when you walk through snow and then you get back to like your truck and mm-hmm. or like a road it's that's what it feels like you just feel like you're still like that's a good yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You feel like you're on a boat like mm-hmm. you just got off a boat i still feel like i'm on a boat right now <laughs> <laughs> i guess i want to talk about it's something i don't feel like we talked about a lot last year is we're kind of late in the tracking season right like most of uh 
the tracking that people do, whether that's in, you know, northern Minnesota or Wisconsin or Most the everything closes this weekend, right? Yeah, pretty North much everything. Here except rifle-wise, anyway. Yeah, right. gun seasons are ending in the, in the north woods yeah. for the most part. So, like, what what about the timing? Is there anything that you guys have preference-wise for timing? Like, I, I think I have the answer to that, but I'm just curious, you know. The, the middle of season here would be like mid-November to hunt with a gun. You know, or is there advantages to that versus the late season? I'm kind of curious on that. And I think I kind of have an answer, but I just want to hear you guys elaborate on it a little bit. I'd say middle of the season, you find the track you want. It's a toss-up. But, yes, there's certainly advantages to it. Like we talk about coming into a buck party. Mm-hmm. You find that buck you want, chances are – he gets with the right doe, there's going to be other bucks coming in on that track. Next thing you know, yeah, it might be a mess, but you have the right snow condition. You know you're in the game, especially if it's fresh. You could walk up on multiple bucks yeah. together. The situation you are talking about earlier, bucks sparring or whatever the case may be. There's certainly an advantage to that, but we do find, I mean, personally, I find a lot of the bucks we follow middle of the month, early November, they're just going and yeah. going and going just because the does are so sparse in some areas yeah they're Um, spread out yeah this year has been a little different like these guys touched on with the concentrated deer yes they will go great distances but when they come into those concentrations of deer they're usually right there in those pockets yeah versus like the late season right now i mean we're still very inexperienced but we look forward to this time of year because chances are like you had touched on the deer tomorrow coming off this this weather front that just came through, they're going to be feeding like crazy and hopefully, hopefully slowing down at this point. The bucks yeah. are really, really worn down. They're going and to the want snow's to put, deep enough, too. That the snow's deep enough. Yeah. That it's going to trigger to something in their head to where it's yeah. time to start feeding and getting ready for the winter. We need to survive. It's, yeah. it's yeah. that. And not to say that you're not going to find one with a doe. Not to say you're not going to find one right. looking for does. Like the, the deer that you tracked today that we think is probably a buck. He could have been yeah. out just cruising, but... Um, the hope is this time of year you find that one that's slowed down and he's right there. He's on that feed, bed to feed pattern or something similar to where you can catch up with him. Yeah. I think I look forward to that more than maybe the middle of the season, but I wouldn't say it's a disadvantage. We take whatever we can get with yeah. the snow. Yeah. <laughs> John's like, I've had enough. I'm going to start farting to make this one in. <laughs> it was a doe. <laughs> It wasn't a buck, man. That was a dove. So I think a question that came up, uh, maybe it was in my head, maybe I was actually asking somebody, but, you know, is there any advantage to just, I mean, I don't know. I guess I think there probably is just like super, super deep snow to where like they're just like, I can't move through this that well. Like, would you guys have you have you guys even have many or yeah, any experiences yet? The only example happened? that I could, and it wasn't even in the Adirondacks; it was farther south of there. Um, when we got that huge snowstorm like two years ago, like I mean, we got what two and a half feet or something like that. Yeah, it was something and crazy. I was dumb enough to go out there. I threw some snowshoes on and <laughs> hiked way up on this ridge. And dude, literally, like I came up on a deer. It was a doe, and she was laying there, and like she looked at me and was like, you could tell she was like what do I do? And like, she got up to run and like, dude could barely move. Like, would you consider that similar to like today? Right. Like you got to get in their grill and probably bump them before you have a chance in heck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't have any experience with it, but just from all the like podcasts and videos and everything we've consumed from like tried and true trackers, I think that it makes it the hunting difficult to an extent because of the fact that it just wears on you. Physically too. hard yeah, on you, just, you, you definitely. Just, you just probably can't do more than yeah. realistically four miles at most. Yeah. And that's probably a full day of hunting and yeah. you're just absolutely smoked. Right. Well, that's what, that's, I mean, that's the advantage and the disadvantage yeah. in that. And like, honestly, that, that Brutus video that we always reference, it almost seems like that's part of it for that one to me. Yeah. Like when he gets up to that buck and it's in the snow, bedded, or he, you know, he's killed it and it's in the snow. Yeah. It. It's like, that snow's so deep that, like, sure. I'm wondering if half the reason that buck continued to bed down is just like, this just sucks. Yeah, no, well, these bucks, they, they totally last year reach too. a point of exhaustion after a while. Yeah. I mean, the rut has just worn them down. They're hungry. The snow is deep, and they just 
Yeah, they kind of like, dude, you're killing me right <laughs> it's now. Like, stop following yeah. 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 Just actually kill me. Yeah. 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 I'm done. You're going to kill me. Yeah. I'm done. I give up. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, a combination of the time of year and the snow. Like, I mean, I actually, right after we left you guys last year, we went and tracked, and I tracked the buck, and literally this buck was so tired that I would bump him, and he would go, I don't know, like 200 yards maybe, and lay down. I bumped. I ended up bumping him like six times. And you didn't and, get him? No, I ended up running on private. I watched uh, him standing over on the private, but uh, I couldn't do anything about was it. He, uh, was he um, just in the other situations getting up ahead of you that you couldn't see him? Or he how was just putting work? himself in good spots to where – and it was a little crunchy out that day, yeah. so he was hearing me a mile before I got there, and he knew what was going on. So, yeah. But he was so tired. Like he, That's how tired he was. He knew what was going on. He just kept laying down, laying down, laying down. I think the farthest he ran was like – at one point, he ran like 800 yards, but it was through open hardwoods. And then yeah. as soon as he would hit something thick, it would be like, boom, bed yeah. down. But he beat me every single time yeah. where he bedded. So. How often do you guys see like a defined J-hook uh, J into a, a buck bed? Like, I see it quite a yeah. bit. Where it, the, I notice a lot of the bucks will bring you through like a bottom of a drainage. They'll start up high. You know, look on a side hill for a bit. You'll see them come down to the bottom of the drainage, and then all of a sudden they just stop. They turn. They go right back up the opposite side from which they came from. And, I mean, it's pretty predictable. They're going to be right up there, but it's like, how do you beat that without anticipating that that's where they're going to make the hook? Because he might cross two or three drainages before he decides to do that, or it might be right there at that one you pick up his track. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Yeah. That's I where the that timing quite. is timing's key mm -hmm. yeah Most it takes a lot of luck really it's what it, it really does it's really hard to like mm -hmm. out technique a buck sometimes yeah. you just have to catch them in the right place at the right time so yeah, i think for sure. just i mean little quick story so cody came up when we were up last time and he had we've like done a little bit of about around like home but he had never like come up here to track and he was like super interested in it and we had tracked a buck. I think I told you, I was like, we got as close to killing one as you can get without ever seeing him or killing him. And uh, it was that same, and he was so like, he's like, how do you fin, like, how do you actually like kill him? And I was like, time, like timing. And we just, our timing was just off. And then we ran into some guys at a market um, and he was talking about his story. He had just killed a really nice buck. And I said to Cody, I see this, like same exact situation as we were in. He was just, he hit the timing right where that buck is like, just got out of his bed and was feeding around. And he got there where we're like, we got there. The buck had got out of his bed, moved and bedded back yeah. down. So then fast forward like a week and we had tracked around home. We got snow and tracked around home and we could have killed a buck, but he was like 50 yards on yeah, private. Yeah. And it was like, that per like we nailed everything besides the property lines mm -hmm. timing there and then i was like cody like that's like see now you like it was just cool to see him like in the situation Get that the didn't experience. work out hear a story of the situation that worked out and then experience the situation that worked out we just couldn't kill the deer because he Thoughts wasn't connected. yeah and he was yeah. just like oh okay like time like at the end of the day it's timing yeah situation and timing yeah, yeah. I think my, your story is a good example of timing, too. Like you said, it could have been him coming back up the mountain and the grunting and everything just, like, kind of confirmed in his mind that, like, hey, I'm safe. I heard something up there. I think what's really cool is you heard him. Like, man, I don't hear a whole lot of stories where people mention that I thought I heard a deer. Like, a lot of times it's visual. Sure. Most, yeah. story, hunt, most hunting stories end up starting with a visual. And... I really value hearing, like to the point where I'll sacrifice um, uh, my comfort to be able to hear. Like yeah. I won't wear a hood. If I'm hunting, Same. you're not going to see son wearing a hood. <laughs> like right. I'm so anti-hood. All you, know, you get is that <laughs> yeah. on your ears the whole like, time. And it's like it, it tunnel forces. Vision. Yeah, it, yeah, it's tunnel hearing. Like right. it forces it around the hood so everything gets messed up. So I'm I'm. I mean, and I, I feel like sometimes I'm a punk about it because, like, I definitely understand your ears are cold and the back of your neck's cold, but, like, I will to worry pick about on it. you so hard. Sure. Hey, Keith. <laughs> Not, I don't pick on you, but I pick on Colin. <laughs> the year we hunted with Turkey, hunted with Colin a bunch, he'd, I'd look over all the time and he'd have his hood up. I'm like, dude, 
He's got what long enough hair to keep his yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you don't know how a short hair guy's doing. Yeah. <laughs> you got that hair blocking no, that, in the no, back that's there. That's the thing, man. Like, if, I mean, if you if you need a hood, just grow your hair out. <laughs> it's an easy solution, right? But I think that listening is something. There's there's a couple things I've thought about when I've you know, kind of thought about hunting last year a little bit. It's like, I really enjoy, and something I do all the time, is I'll just stop, get to a spot that, you know, just instinct tells you, I can see a lot here, I can shoot a lot here. There's a decent chance that something could be bedded right up that, about the edge of my my vision, my visual. Like, let's say there's a little shelf that goes up, or, you know, the hill wraps around, it's like, and it's about, you know, an easy in this situation gunshot or in a bow hunting situation bow shot to that that edge you just stop you watch you listen give it five ten you know get do like look at your map or something you know get to those spots and give yourself those extra little bits of time because to me there to play into that timing and put that that timing in your favor sometimes you got to take a step back and be like all right i'm in a good spot let's just give it a minute a couple minutes like let's take a little extra second to listen now it really helps in like tur- turkey hunting or elk hunting where you've got something that you're listening for but deer hunting too man like if they can give you any tiny little cue that it's like that that's something moving like i love listening for deer walking because yeah. when you hear them before they hear you you have a huge advantage on Absolutely. them because you can manipulate their mind just as much as, you know, and, and I like trying, I really, I mean, I sometimes feel like I hammer at home, but I like listening to the difference in animals in the woods. A bird sounds different than a squirrel. A squirrel sounds different than a deer. A chipmunk sounds different than a squirrel. Yeah. Honestly, a red squirrel sounds different than a fox squirrel, you know, <laughs> or a gray squirrel, right? Like a big squirrel versus a small red and like, Listening to those differences is definitely going to help you just pick up on deer quicker. And deer, honestly, are a lot of situations really loud. They're, you know, in big open timber like this, they can sneak pretty easily. Don't get me wrong. They can't anywhere, even in thick stuff. But, you know, if you're really listening, especially when the conditions are in your favor to listen, like, I like to flip everything, kind of take that disadvantage and find the advantage in it, right? So... You know, you think about, and I would say the same, or similar things go for, like, the the uh, tracker, because it's kind of all in the same. The, the tracker is similar to a still hunter and a stalker, right? Mm-hmm. So I consider myself a, just, like, kind of a stalker, still hunter, you know, and then I attempt tracking, right? <laughs> but, like, when you're doing those styles of hunting, every day you've got your hand, and your hand are the conditions, so you pick those little conditions and you say, what are these things that I can do today that I couldn't do yesterday? So today, the condition you're dealt is visuals for them are hard. Visuals are, for you are going to be hard, but like right. they cannot hear you today. Like right. you can just hammer through the woods. So right. like speed is an advantage. Today you can cover that ground and get eyes on a bunch of stuff. Sure. And that's your advantage. We're on a calm, crunchy day. Your disadvantage is is that when you're following that that whether it's on crunchy leaves or crunchy snow, you're making a bunch of noise. But if you start to get that instinct that I'm close or something's gonna be close here, start to like try to manipulate them by if you're gonna make the noise, try to sound like a deer because you know it's carrying. Those are your days. You call more, you rattle more, you scrape more, you do all those deer sounds, and then. You listen more those days too because if you have that patience you really take that extra time to listen now it's 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 different when you're following a track I understand too because when you're following a track you can't just say constantly like you know oh I'm just gonna take 30 minutes here and listen it's a you know it's that's probably more for when you're not on like a direct track or you're um, just in a lot of good deer sign, maybe there's no snow yet, but I think uh, just taking those little little advantages, man, that's like become one of my favorite parts about hunting because I like hunting. I like how it always makes me laugh, like rainy, windy days. It's like, man, yeah, but I don't actually love hunting in a rainy, windy day because I can't hear or see anything. It's always dark and gloomy and I can't see, everything's moving around. Like I don't, I personally don't like that the best. My favorite day is like a sunny, crunchy, 
crisp, like nice, good air feel, a lot of frost and stuff, but like a, a breeze that comes and goes, mm-hmm. comes and goes. Cause now you got all, you can take all those advantages and put them and sure. then you can take all their disadvantages. And yeah. cause every time the wind blows, you move. Every time it stops, you stop, yeah. you know, you call. Okay. Wind starts blowing again. You move again. You know, that's, I mean, that's when the, the groove's on. I like just have so much fun. Which takes like, like a whole different level of patience though too. Yeah. Like when you really think about it, like, because I, I have personally tried that and like, it is so hard to be like, okay, I need to wait until the wind blows. You're like, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Like, when do I go? Yeah. Do I wait 30 minutes until, yeah. 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 It's like, it's, uh, it's. It You're is just a always flow. reading what's going on yeah. and like making that decision based off of it. John did an incredible on. job. I, 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 like, I was like falling asleep over here. <laughs> story <time. laughs> I was having a, a really You're good time right. hunting with you in South Dakota because I was really impressed with your, like, I remember you always talking about, man, I don't, you know, I've never stalked a deer. I've never stalked a bed yeah. deer. It's like we get down on ground level or, you know, eye level with this buck. I'm like, I never said to you, hey, move when the wind blows, and you just were doing that. Right. Like whether you were even consciously doing it or not, and that's when, when you're when you're not consciously doing it, that's when you've hit that flow stage that Jake right. mentioned. When you're not even thinking about it anymore, you're just happy and you're content with, eh, it's not blowing right now. I'm gonna stand here and glass a little extra more, a little extra more, <laughs> you know, a little <laughs> extra. I'm gonna listen a little more. I'm going to look at my map and kind of make my next move plan that out versus um, doing it when it's calm. And I think that, or, or I'm sorry, doing it when it's windy. Because if you're looking at your map when it's windy, what what could happen? You get caught off guard just like them. So it's like, I don't know, all those little things. And when you hit that flow, man, it, it is really, awesome. really fun. Really fun. All right, guys. I think we need to go to sleep, huh? We got to pull Zach's truck out. We got to rest up. Yeah, we got to rest up, get up early, and pull the truck out. But thanks. I, I'd say thanks to these guys for sharing their experiences with uh, me, Keith, and everybody that's listening to the podcast. Give you guys' podcast a plug and Just Hunt Club a plug. Well, you just did that. We'll <laughs> Oh, yeah, our podcast is uh, Adirondack Bucks and Beyond. You guys have a YouTube channel, too, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty vacant as of the past, I don't know how around. I'm interning with these guys yes. right now. So It's more videos nothing. that we take for, like, memories for ourselves. Yeah. And we just, we, we just share them because we know, you know, some people might have an interest in seeing what happens. And if Are you going to do a video on... Your yeah. Yes. Yeah, we have absolutely. like we have some phone clips here. It's yeah. It's gonna be a lot of phone clips, but if you know, you just kind of wanted to see maybe what it yeah. looked like or some of the stuff I talked about. I do have a video of some of it, so yeah, yeah check it out. Yeah, and if Corey's filming, then it's not gonna be good. <laughs> you're, gonna get all, you're gonna get a whole lot of the ground. <laughs> you're, we'll definitely, the you're definitely gonna be able to tell. <laughs> you're definitely gonna be able to tell if the leaves yeah. are crunchy that day or wet. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, and we'll catch you all on the next one.